Hi, I'm Pastor Adam, and you're listening to the Orange United Methodist Sermon Podcast. We're a church in Chapel Hill, North Carolina, that wants to help you find your place in God's story. And we hope this sermon can guide you along that journey. Visit orangemethodist.org to find out more information about location, service times, upcoming events, and ways to give. We hope you enjoy. A three-part worship series called Catch, Redeem, Catch, Release, and Redeem. And so we're picking up with chapter 5 of Luke, verses 1 through 11. So I invite you to turn with me in your own Bible or in the Bibles, uh, the words that are found projected upon the screen. Hear now these words. Once while Jesus was standing beside the lake of Gennesaret, and the crowd was pressing in on him to hear the word of God, he saw two boats there at the shore of the lake. The fishermen had gone out of them and were washing their nets. He got into one of the boats, the one belonging to Simon, and asked him to put out a little way from the shore. Then he sat down and taught the crowds the boat. When he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, Put out into the deep water and let down your nets for a catch. Simon answered, Master, we have worked all night long, but have caught nothing. Yet, if you say so, I will let down my nets. When they had done this, they caught so many fish that their nets were beginning to break. And so they signaled their partners in the other boat to come and help them. And they came and filled both boats so that they began to sink. But when Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees, saying, Go away from me, Lord, for I am a sinful man. For he and all who were with him were amazed at the catch of fish that they had taken. And also were, so also were James and John, sons of Zebedee, who were partners with Simon. Then Jesus said to Simon, Do not be afraid. From now on, you will be catching people. When they had brought their boats to the shore, they left everything and followed him. This is the word of God for you, the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Holy God, you catch us right where we are. On the shore, in the boat, cleaning nets. And then you call us into the deep, into the less known places, the less secure places. But Lord, help us to discover there is no safer place than your presence. There is no more secure experience than your companionship. May we know it. May we receive it. May we share it. Amen. Good morning. I am Pastor Corey, one of the associate ministers here at Orange, and we are so grateful that you are here this morning. Whether you are worshiping with us in person or online, we are grateful for the ability to be together. As Pastor Adam mentioned, we are jumping in, we are diving in, pun intended, I can do it too, uh, a three-week sermon series, Catch, Release, Redeem, and that's going to take us into the season of Lent. And the 40 days of Lent, they prepare us. They're a time of intentional preparation 
for the celebration of Easter that comes at the end of that. And our sermon series for Lent is going to be walking us through the prayer of confession from our communion liturgy. And we're going to actually say that this morning because we're celebrating communion. As Josh mentioned, if you haven't received a cup, to please let an usher know and we'll bring you one. But I encourage you, as we anticipate jumping into that sermon series, uh, to pay attention to that prayer this morning. But like I said, this morning we are going to catch some fish in Luke 5. And so we begin with this story. And as you can see, there are some familiar characters. There are some familiar places as well. And this story in Luke chapter 5, it follows what Pastor Adam uh, shared with us last week. This instance where Jesus is in his hometown. And as he's there, he's in Nazareth. He leaves, he moves through the crowd, and he journeys to his next place, Capernaum. And he's there, and he's doing teaching, and he's performing miracles, and people are really moved by him. In fact, the message translation says that Jesus is the talk of the town. Everyone has heard of him, and he has really been causing quite a stir. And so he, he's teaching with authority, he's performing these healings, and one of the healings that he performed is the healing of a man named Simon's mother-in-law. So, spoiler alert, that is the same Simon from the story we come to today, and who will later be renamed Peter and become one of the twelve. But here in Luke 4, Jesus heals his mother-in-law from a severe fever, and Jesus' plan is to move on. He's got other places to go. He has more people to teach and more healings to offer. But the people of Capernaum, they will not let him leave. They cling to him. They don't want him to go, and so they convince him to stay. And he's preaching from the shoreline of the Lake of Gennesaret, which is also another name for the Sea of Galilee. And so you may have heard of the Sea of Galilee. This is a, a constant character in the New Testament, the Sea of Galilee. And so he's, he's there on the shore, and the crowd begins to press in on him. Now, the last time a crowd pressed in on Jesus, he was close to the edge of a cliff, and they started to get angry. And so as you can imagine, Jesus might be feeling a little nervous at this point. He's getting close to a body of water. And so he looks over, he sees two boats tied up. And so he also sees the fishermen there, and he climbs into one of the boats. And the boat that he climbs into is the boat belonging to Simon. So you may think he just picked this boat randomly, but he probably recognized Simon from being at Simon's house, uh, his mother-in-law's house, just a few days before to heal her. So there's some familiarity. So he climbs in the boat. And uh, I learned a little bit about fishing this week, actually, uh, that these boats were tied up. They were cleaning their nets. So they're not cleaning their nets to go out. They're cleaning their nets from being out. They had fished all night long, and they're getting ready to pack up, head home until the next evening. They were done with their work, and I'm sure they were exhausted and a bit disheartened because as we listen to Pastor Adam read this story, they caught absolutely nothing that night. And so they probably a little anxious to go home with not only no fish to sell, but not even any fish to eat themselves. But Jesus, he, do, he doesn't say anything. He just climbs into this boat. And only after he's in the boat does he ask Simon, could you push out a little from the shore? Uh, and now Simon, who recognizes Jesus from his mother-in-law's home, he's probably feeling a little bit indebted. This man did you know, 
heal his wife's mother. Uh, and so at the minimum, of course, I imagine he's thinking, okay, I'll push out from shore. I'll let him sit in my boat for a few minutes. Uh, and even though his shift is over, he wants to go home. He needs to rest. There are a million reasons he could say no, uh, but he pushes out. And once they do, they're still very close to shore. Another fun fact, water is a natural amplifier. So Jesus has another reason for wanting to get out on the water. It's going to carry his voice further into the crowd. Uh, and Jesus begins, again, to teach from the boat, his own personal pulpit, essentially. So now Simon's not only exposed to Jesus' healing. Now he gets to listen to Jesus teach. And he's teaching about, as we can imagine, the kingdom of God, what he said he's teaching about in Luke chapter 4, that it's coming. And Jesus is teaching that God's desires for the world, they are on their way. And not only are they on their way, they're here. Because Jesus is ushering in the kingdom of God. Jesus is the one who brings the kingdom of God. His very presence is God's kingdom. And so he's saying, I've got good news for the poor. I have pardon for prisoners. I provide recovery of sight to the blind. I help the burdened and the battered. God's light is coming to shine brighter than it has ever shown before. Because I'm the light of the world. And I'm here. And so... Peter's there, Simon, at this point, and he's hearing this good news that Jesus is sharing. And it's interesting because Jesus isn't in a synagogue, and it isn't the Sabbath. We know it's not the Sabbath because we're not supposed to work on the Sabbath. And it's just an ordinary day in an ordinary boat. But this good news, Jesus' kingdom, it's not limited to a sacred time or a secret place. Jesus' extraordinary message is meant for our ordinary lives. Jesus actually shows up at their workplace. Could you imagine if Jesus just showed up one day, asked if you could have lunch at your desk with them, at your workplace? That's, what ha that's what's happening right now. He doesn't wait for them to come to the temple. He seeks them out at the end of their shift in the drudgery and the grind of their daily lives. They should tell us Jesus is not seeking us out just in this hour of worship. Jesus is seeking us out in the rhythm and routine of our very ordinary lives. He's trying to show up, trying to climb into our boat. And often, as he does, he gets in the boat before he says anything at all to us. And sometimes, as I imagine it was for Simon, it doesn't always happen at a convenient time. It's when we're cleaning our nets or closing our laptop for the day or hanging up our lap coats clocking out, deciding that those unfinished projects are going to have to remain unfinished until tomorrow because we are done for the day. We're done for the day, and then he climbs into the boat. He climbs into the boat, and he starts talking. And when he finally finishes, I'm pretty sure Jesus wasn't as committed to the 18-minute sermon that I am or Pastor Adam or Pastor Brad are loosely committed to he teaches the crowd, and I imagine it's for a while. And Simon is just kind of manning the boat, keeping it in place, listening but waiting for Jesus to give him the go-ahead so he can go back to shore, tie up, and head home. But when he finishes, Jesus doesn't ask him to return to the shore. He tells Simon, push out on further into the deeper water. And let your nets out for a catch. Yes, I know, the ones you just cleaned, the ones you were trying to pack away 
for tomorrow. Let those, let those down again. And Simon, now having heard Jesus preach, witnessed his miracles, he says, I'm sure with a bit of skepticism, uh, Master, we've been fishing hard all night, and we haven't even caught a minnow. We're professionals. Didn't someone say you were Joseph's son? Joseph, a fisherman? No, oh, a carpenter. Oh, okay. Uh, but, I mean, if you insist, we'll let down our nets. And also, we have to know that in Jesus' day, there's a reason that the fishermen fish at night, and they fish close to shore at night for safety and efficiency. The further out you go, the further you have to come back in with your haul. The less help you have, the scarier it is, the further you are from shore. So it's deep here. Jesus' instruction happens in their ordinary, in their comfort zone, yet it's out of the rhythm. It's out of the routine. Still, for some reason, they listen. They agree to follow Jesus' instruction. And Scripture says as soon as they say yes, as soon as they drop those nets, a hole of fish swamp the nets to the point of them breaking. And they quickly, out of necessity, they get the attention of the other boat that was with them, the one where they were packing up ready to go home. They have to get them to come and help them bring all the fish. And both, both boats have a hard time getting back to shore because they are literally overflowing. These men, though hesitant, they still say yes to Jesus. They said yes to the deeper water, yes to the task they are exhausted by. And I think Simon said yes because Jesus has encountered him personally. He's connected with him. He's built a relationship already in some ways through the care he offered to Simon's mother-in-law and through Jesus' teaching. And he's heard Jesus proclaim that he's the one who ushers in the kingdom of God. Jesus is the one who seeks us out, gets into our boat, who gets into our lives and asks us to be part of God's story. He gets in our boat and he asks us to be part of the story, of bringing good news to the poor, of releasing the captive, of freeing the oppressed, of, of giving back sight to the blind. And Jesus' closeness to us, Jesus' desire to be in our boat tells us we can trust him. This man from Nazareth, we're not by ourselves. We're not alone. Jesus is telling the disciples as he journeys in the boat with them, you can trust what I'm telling you to do, even if I'm asking you to go a little further from shore than normal. You can trust when I get into your boat, when I tell you to let down your nets, and you can trust me when what comes up is more than you can handle. You can trust my instruction, my provision. And the surprise to me is that Jesus initially isn't asking these fishermen to be anything else but fishermen. He's asking them to trust him in the midst of their work, in the midst of their ordinary. We may not think we have kingdom work to do if we aren't doing it here in this place, in this church. That God's work is somehow limited to the things that happen here. But that's not where Jesus asked the disciples to do the work. He gets into their boats and he preaches there along the shore where they clean their nets. I think our imagination 
for ministry has been limited. It's been boundaried by the way we compartmentalize our lives. And you have a shoreline in your life where you clean nets. I have a shoreline in my life where I clean nets that has nothing to do with this place. Or I think it has nothing to do with this place. And we have a sea where we fish. And we live outside these walls far for far more hours than we live inside of them. Where's that shoreline of your everyday that Jesus wants to go to? Where does Jesus want to speak into your life and invite you to go deeper? Because Jesus wants to get into your boat, to get into the places you fish. Now, I'm going to change metaphors for a moment. Apologize. But following Jesus and being a disciple, it's, it's not just a single room in the house of our lives. The other rooms we live in, we might, we might label them family, friends, work, hobbies, church. But church or faith is not a room in our house. It is the entire framework. It is the foundation that the entire house sits upon. It is to permeate every single room, all those other spaces. Jesus wants to get into the boat with us, and Jesus wants us to go deep, not just here, not just in Bible study, but at home and at work and at the gym and at school and even at the Duke Carolina game. Jesus wants us to go deeper. My condolences. But I just came across the story of a young woman who works as a grocery shopper on one of the delivery apps. You may get use one of those apps, or you may deliver groceries via one of those apps. And she was shopping for an elderly man whose adult daughter was placing his order for him remotely. And the shopper, as she does every day, she bought the items and she went to deliver them. Who knows, maybe it was her last shop of the day. Maybe she was tired, she was in a rush. She could have other shoppers' groceries in her car. But she said because the guidelines say it, she always just leaves the items on the porch, gets in her car, takes the picture, sends it, and gets on her way. She follows the rules. And that was her intention for this particular day. But she says that for some reason, in that moment, she had just a little movement that said, just, just make sure he gets it. And so she, she rang the doorbell and she started walking to her car, but she watched to make sure the older man could come out and get the groceries. And when he did, she noticed that, to be honest, he looked quite weak and so sick. She wasn't sure he was going to be able to carry him back in. So again, against policy, takes a minute, she decides, I'm going to help him. So she turns around, she goes up to him, she asks, can, can I help you take the groceries in? And he, he agrees, so she takes him in, and then again, against policy, she helps him put them away. And as she returns to her car after making sure everything's where it needs to be, she claims, she says, I, I never, ever follow up. But she says she just needed to reach out to this man's daughter, and so she texts the man's daughter via the app, and she tells, him, tells her, she says, listen, I know this is very out of the ordinary. I'm not supposed to do this, but I wanted you to know I helped your dad take the groceries in. And when I walked in, I noticed there was a propane tank in his apartment, and the smell of gas was so strong it made me dizzy. You might want to check it out. 
And so the woman immediately responds and says, I'll send my son over to check on it. And so the woman gets in her car and she goes home. And later that day, she receives a message saying that, indeed, there was a leak from the propane tank and she very well saved that man's life. And as I've thought about this story and that shopper just tending to her boat, cleaning her net, I think the voice of the Holy Spirit was asking her, go deeper. To be the hands and the feet of Jesus. She could so easily have said, it's fine, he's fine. He's got a good daughter who's ordering him groceries remotely. He is well taken care of. I'll stay close to the shore and I'll stay in my boat. But instead she went deeper. She went deeper and knowing she helped that man, I'm sure the abundance of that overflowed in her heart the way those fish overflowed those boats. Is Jesus trying to get into the boat of your life? And is he already there? Asking you to go deeper, to put out the net, to trust him. What if we were willing just to pray every morning? Wake up, find a moment. Having our coffee, maybe you do it with one hand, maybe you set it down and do it with both and say, Lord, I'm open to whatever ways you need me to go deeper today. I'm open to whatever ways you need me to go deeper today. Church, we're here for this hour because we believe that our faith fundamentally shapes every single hour outside of this place. The work is hard, and sometimes we fish all night, and we have absolutely nothing to show for it. We can become discouraged and not sure why we return to the task day after day. In other days, God's spirit, God's voice reminds us to return to the word, return to his instruction, to place our whole trust in him, to cast out our nets and go deep. Let's pray. Almighty God, you call us into the deep, but only after you're in the boat with us. Open our hearts as you open the hearts of the disciples to trust you, to listen to you, even when we feel hesitant, even when we feel exhausted. God, help us to be part of the story, part of the kingdom you are building here. And help us to know that what happens in the boat, on the shore, it matters. It matters to your mission. Our ordinary is exactly where you want to be. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening to this week's sermon. Please join us again next week. In the meantime, you can find us online at orangemethodist.org.